Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite weekly podcast recapping the mysterious family relationships in Mystic Falls, Virginia, and musings on who's fucking each other and who's fucking each other over every week. Damn. My name is Beth, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Claire, and we are here to bring you season two, episode episode 13, (laughs) unfortunately titled Daddy Issues. Oh my god, the moment the title came up, both of us just started projectile vomiting all over my living room. I know, it took so long to clean up, it was horrible. Oh, it was, I'm still feeling queasy. It's like, A of all, we understand that that means that we're going to see a lot of Uncle John Gilbert in this episode, and B of all, like, the concept of daddy issues is so rooted in this, like, disgusting patriarchal, like, ooh, girls with psychological issues want to get my D extra hard, like, Ugh, bullshit. I know. So I wanted it to puke. It's so painful. There were daddy issues in this episode, if we have to use that term, but considering it wasn't as gross as it could have been. It was pretty gross. Yeah. but Well, not in the daddy issues arena. Like, the grossest stuff was unrelated. That's true. You're right. It was more like friendship issues. Yeah. Uh, Oh, boy. All right. So, where do we start? Um... With Tyler. Oh, that's right. Creeping yeah. like he's a Salvatore. <laughs> he is. He's just standing outside of Caroline's house. And I guess she's walking out to go to school. And he's like, hey, we need to talk. <sighs> and then Caroline is like, listen, Tyler, I know we kissed and it was great, whatever. But I didn't tell you that Matt's still in the picture. So we just really can't go there. And then little does Caroline know that Tyler's not talking about them making out. Tyler is talking about the fact that Caroline is a vampire, that she didn't tell him that there were other vampires in Mystic Falls. So he just straight up asks her, what happened to my uncle Mason? And she's just like, fuck, who told you all this shit? Because he says he knows that Mason's dead and Stefan and Damer are vampires. He doesn't answer that question. He's just like, oh, so you admit it's true. She's just, like, caught in a very hard position. She tries to be like, hey, I can explain. Like, there's a lot. But he just slams her up against the car because everybody is slamming each other against walls at all times. Mm -hmm. You're outside. Mm -hmm. You make do with a car door. And then he stalks off all in a huff. Yeah, he's like, like, I trusted you. Like, after everything she did to you, risking her own life, you could, like, let her have two seconds to explain herself. No, Tyler's got rage issues and all all sorts of problems. He is. Ugh. I know, like, being a werewolf isn't the bee's knees, but (laughs) Caroline has been a good friend to you, so maybe give her the benefit of doubt right now. I know. Just, like, 12 hours ago, he was like, I don't know what I would do without you, blah, blah, blah. I want to make love to your face with my face. Ugh, I know. Sorry, that was gross. (laughs) No, it's okay. He pretty much was thinking that, so it's true. Yeah. So that's the title card moment, and then we go to Damon in the shower. So good shirtlessness in this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's in the shower and then he leaves and he puts a towel on like as low on his hips as humanly possible. Like they must have been inching it down until they saw his butt crack and then inched it back up. I appreciate their efforts. I know. But it's like that thing's not staying on if you're like legitimately walking around. There's got to be some Velcro on there or Mm -hmm. like some boob tape situation like on his thighs maybe. Yeah. Probably. So he's... secrets of Hollywood. I know. Insider info. 
But he, I think he leaves the shower because he hears a news report about Rose's murder rampage. Yes. So the news is like talking about how Mayor Lockwood is holding a memorial service because so many people have died. So they're talking about the janitor slash garbage man at the founders or whatever the fuck, the Booster Club barbecue, the two people in the car, Eddie and whatever his girlfriend's name was, and then the campers and the park rangers. So it was like, what? Yeah, I was like, who are the rest of these like nine people? It was like six people or something. I don't remember. I think it was like closer to 10 because yeah. there were a lot of campers there. And then there's also Jessica who uh, Damon Oh, killed. yeah. And Jessica. You're right. RIP, everybody. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, okay, so they're holding a special town memorial. How many of these have they had to have that we haven't seen? Like, did they have a special town memorial for Sarah and Amy Bradley? No, that was only two. Well, I guess they didn't know for sure that Amy Bradley was dead. Yeah, because Sheriff Forbes was too busy (laughs) trying to figure out the mystery of where Amy Bradley went. But what about, like, last year when a bunch of people died in a fire? Uh, It was just an accident. How do you decide, like, how many people have to die for you to have a town-wide memorial? When do they, like, call in the military to this place? (laughs) Yeah. I guess if they were attacked by animals, we just write that off to act of God. But if they seem to have been murdered... Then we have a memorial. Yeah, you're right. And if they were a bunch of junkies in a graveyard, we don't care at all. Yeah, they, then they deserved it. Yeah. Oh, Mystic Falls. What a place. What a, <laughs> what a world. I know. So then we cut over to the same kind of news story on the TV, but now we're at Elena's house. Mm-hmm. And Uncle John is there. And it's such a bummer because Elena is talking to him and and she's like, I still don't understand why you're here. And he's all, I'm here to protect you, Elena. I know that you don't understand at this point and we can't trust each other, but trust goes both ways. And I don't know if I could trust you yet. Blah, blah, blah. He is so smarmy in this whole episode. Like, Stefan brought him to town instead of being like, I'm so sorry for like, murdering Jeremy's girlfriend in cold blood. Right? Uh, I forgot about Doing that. all this bullshit, trying to murder all of you. He's like, I need to know if I can trust you guys with all of the hot deets I have before I can share. Uh, so y'all gotta prove yourselves to me the season one runaway winner of worst character. Right. Yeah, I think the exact phrase is that he tells Elena that he'll tell her more about why he's there when he feels he can trust her. It's like, of all people, Elena, like, if you're here to protect Elena, like, give her the information or else you're full of shit. Ugh, I know. And we, like, kind of know from that scene last season where Isabel and John were talking on the phone that they're, like, really concerned about Elena's safety. Mm -hmm. But I still don't buy his bullshit. No, neither do I. And I don't want to look at his face. He just looks evil. (laughs) I know, like, poor David Anders is probably, like, a really nice guy in real life but he plays villains really well he has a very punchable face he does yeah i agree so (laughs) make of that what you will so at this point jenna and alaric come downstairs from one of their sexual sleepovers (laughs) and jenna's just like what the fuck i thought we were never gonna have to see your fucking face again after you got your fingers cut off i know and i was like you go aunt jenna and she's not having it. Alaric is just totally useless. He's like, I'm going to go. I think I hear somebody calling me from the school or something. This, this really practice. bothered me because Alaric knew about everything that went down in the town that night, right? 
Yeah, Alaric knows everything and Jenna knows nothing, which I try not to think about too much because I think they're a cute couple, but he's withholding a fuckload of information from her. Yeah, and I feel like it's just really unsafe to leave them with Uncle John. Yeah. He's just like, bye. I mean, Elena and Aunt Jenna are probably safe. Like, if Stefan or Damon were there, maybe not. Yeah. But I don't know. That's just kind of like, this is an awkward situation, and instead of supporting my girlfriend through this, I'm going to leave. Because I'm not interested. I have shared a sexual partner with this man. Ugh, I know. Two sexual partners. Wait. Oh, oh Isabel, Isabel and Jenna. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh, there are so many different ways we we were thinking about in a later scene that Aunt Jenna sleeping with anybody could very easily like tip over into incest. But they're all like near misses. Yeah, it's very close, but no cigar. Yes. Thank God, no cigar. I know. That's all this show needs. So Aunt Jenna is sassing him, and she's like, I don't want you in this house. I'm their guardian. I can kick you out. And he's like, well, actually, Elena, you want to share an interesting tidbit with your aunt? Uh, Does she tell him that she's his daughter, or does he... I don't remember, but she, he basically forces the issue. So now Aunt Jenna knows that Uncle John is Elena's biological father. And she's like, what in the ever-loving fuck? And then Uncle John is like, so that means you can't stop me from living here. And that doesn't and make I, any sense, like, emotionally <laughs> or legally. It doesn't. Like, you're not her legal guardian just because you, like, came in her mom once. Sorry, that was gross. Whoa. <laughs> It doesn't mean shit. Yeah. You have no rights here. You're just an asshole entitled white male who's like, I can do whatever I want because I want to protect my daughter. (laughs) Yeah. And like also, even if he had like legal rights over Elena, he still can't sleep in Aunt Jenna's house. Right? Like, (laughs) get the fuck out of here. It's wrong on so many levels. Nobody wants him there. It's like, does he get off on awkward situations or being unwanted? Does he have, like, a rejection kink? He probably does. Ugh. So then Aunt Jenna just says, what? Like, W-U-T, and then the scene ends. Yeah. It was good. And, you know, I kind of feel for her here, but this is, like, the smallest thing she doesn't know. Yeah. So I'm just like, stay in the dark, girl. You don't want to know. I know. Stay gold, Aunt Jenna. <laughs> So I think then we go to the Salvatores where Damon is hearing about Uncle John being back and he's like, Stefan, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that guy sucks. He tried to like, like, he tried to burn me to death very recently. And Stefan is just spewing a whole bunch of bullshit. He's like, listen, we're in a serious situation because Elena thinks that Elijah can protect her and we can't trust him. Also, she's putting all of her faith in Bonnie in thinking that the moonstone is destroyed and we really have no idea he says that uncle john knows of a way to keep elena safe because of isabel's research bullshit but he won't tell anyone what it is yeah he'll only (sighs) tell elena or something yeah and damon's like great like i didn't already have enough on my plate and then something gives like the weakest condolences ever he's like oh yeah i'm sorry about rose i'm like how much time it's been like a whole maybe like 18 hours since Rose died and this is the first time Stefan is saying like sorry about that to Damon. Right and it's an afterthought. Yeah so he's like sorry about Rose and Damon's doing his whole like oh I don't care I knew her for five minutes thing but Stefan's like no you cared about her and he's like oh yeah I'm becoming a better man wah 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 
And then he makes a comment about how that means that he maybe he'll go out and get a hero hairdo just like Stefan's and he used to watch his back. <laughs> that was really a good burn. This is the first of what will be a recurring thing of Damon talking about Stefan's hero hair. <laughs> I love it. It's true. He looks like a Ken doll, like with the plastic hair. Yeah, it's always like, put on your hero hair, Stefan. So I, I thought that was cute. This was the first time that came up. I approve. Yeah. So then we hear a doorbell ringing, and I was really confused at first because we were at the Salvatore's, and it wasn't the ding-a-ling-a-ling, like, <laughs> bell outside the door. It was an actual ding-dong. Uh-huh. But we cut over to the Lockwoods, and it's actually at Jules coming to see Tyler. And then, like, two seconds after, we also cut to another doorbell, and it's Stefan ringing Caroline's doorbell. Yeah. And then we have some weird, like, split... Yeah, and it's too much for me when I'm trying to take notes. I'm just starting to learn the characters' names when they're hopping back and forth like this. It does not help me. So we'll start with one conversation, which is Jules and Tyler. Sounds good. The way it should have been. Jules just really wants Tyler to join her and her roving band of werewolves. Mm -hmm. She calls them lycanthropes, which we also heard from Isabel's research back at Duke with the Vanessa, the crossbow assistant. This is like a grad student calling themselves a scholar instead of a student. <laughs> right? Her it's calling like, herself I'm going to make it fancy by using the Latin name or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, so she basically says that he should come with her and her friends. Like, they're coming to join her. And they look out for each other. And she says, it's my duty and honor to help you. All right. If you say so, girl. <laughs> So I think that's all of that. And then the other conversation is Stefan and Caroline. Yes. So Caroline pretty much just tells Stefan that Tyler knows that he and Damon are vampires. And I think that's it. Yeah. Well, she's like, he knows all this stuff and I don't know what to do. Can you talk to him? Because you always know the right thing to say. Right. I mean, it's cute that you like really think so highly of Stefan. Like, I really like their friendship. Mm-hmm. They seem to really actually sincerely care for each other in a platonic way, which is very rare between male and female characters on teen shows. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. But it's like, Caroline has been spending all this time with Tyler. It would make way more sense for them to just, like, get Tyler in a room and force him to listen to Caroline because they have this emotional history. And all that Stefan and Tyler have had is, like, a football rivalry and like being <laughs> mad that Matt likes him or whatever. Yeah. Like Tyler does not like Stefan. Why the fuck would he listen to him? No. And he just found out Stefan was involved in Uncle Mason's death and has no like goodwill accumulated to forgive him for that. Right. But we know that Stefan is a total sucker for anyone asking him to do anything, especially if they're a woman. He so. just wants to put on his hero hair and go help. So true. <laughs> yeah. So... That's going to happen. We're going to see how that goes. Um, And then I think we see Elena with Damon. Yes, he shows up at her house. And they're pretty much talking about how Uncle John is back in town and that Stefan, it was his idea to bring him because he couldn't find Isabel or whatever the fuck. And Elena says to Damon, I don't think Uncle John's actually here to help. Damon agrees. And Elena's like, so what do we do? And Damon says, we kill him. (laughs) Which I enjoyed. I was like, yeah, I'm down. Like, if we're going to enter the moral territory of the Vampire Diaries, yes, kill Uncle John Gilbert. In real life, no, don't kill Uncle John Gilbert. Turn over to the cops. But in the Vampire Diaries, just rip that ring off his fingers. 
and put a knife in his heart. Yes, because we know that Sheriff Forbes will need to do like some lengthy investigation <laughs> and involve Damon again, and it's just going to be too much. <laughs> um, but then Elena's like, Damon, and he's all like, oh, all right, I won't kill him, but I want to. Don't you know that I'm a nice guy now? And he says, I'm going to have a civil conversation with your father. Yes. Yeah. They all believe him. And Damon just keeps bringing up throughout this episode that he's such a nice guy now, so in touch with his emotions because of what he's gone through with Rose. And yeah, yeah this is kind of the first time that we see him bring it up. But he's always being sarcastic about it. And Elena mm-hmm. constantly in this episode tells him to be the better man. Oh, I know. And she's like really trying to play on that. And we know from the end of last week's episode that Damon's really not feeling that. Like he's really mad that she keeps on pushing him to try to be moral. Yes. So we know this is probably going to like not end up in a good place for Damon he's probably not really uh, feeling that fantasy right now nope so what happens next I think is that Tyler is at home and he like rushes to the computer in his father's study and I'm like what is he binging what are we gonna see right now but we never get to find out because Stefan swoops in and pushes him against the wall and chokes him out mystic ball style and is like listen, you got to chill and I got to talk at you. And Mayor Carol Lockwood is like, Tyler, I'm going to the memorial. But (laughs) Stefan forces Tyler to be quiet. So she leaves. She does not investigate further. No, she's like, hmm, it's weird. My son, who was just in this room one second ago, is now gone and not responding to me, especially after there were nine murders right under my nose. Oh, well, TTYL. To be fair, who even knows what the fuck their children are up to in Mystic Falls? They're always running wild. Yeah, it's true. I wouldn't be concerned if I was her. The only thing she's concerned about is someone getting hurt on her property. (laughs) Which has already happened. (laughs) I know. There have been multiple murders on her property just in this season. Yes, as long as someone doesn't get hurt over at the old swimming hole, we're fine. (laughs) Nobody drowned there, so it's okay. (laughs) So Jules is roaming around the woods, as seems to be her hobby, when she comes across um, a trailer. An RV. Oh, an RV. Sorry. That's classier than trailer. I was thinking it was tackier than trailer. Oh, okay. It's like a hillbilly RV. Yeah, Because werewolves are hillbillies. Yeah, it's its own vehicle, so it's not like a trailer that you hook up on the back to something else. Um, So yeah, I think RV is the right term. So Jules goes up and knocks on the door, and a muscular man answers, and then they start just making out really hardcore. So there's something going on there, and... I think that he's asking her, like, what's going on, right? Mm. Basically, his name is Brady. He is Jules's family, or sorry, werewolf boyfriend. And she is telling him that all she really wants is to get the boy. She keeps calling Tyler the boy in this episode. I know, even though they look the same age. Yeah. Uh, So she just wants to get Tyler to join their gang, and he wants to get vengeance on vampires, even though he literally just got to town. Oh, you're right. (laughs) But I guess technically, like, a werewolf tried to put Wolfsbane in his girlfriend's drink. Mm-hmm. So now he wants to murder everybody because he's a white male. So <laughs> The natural uh, next step. Yeah, she's like, listen, Brady, like, I want the boy more than I want vengeance. And he's like, why don't we get both? Oh, yikes. I already hate him. And he seems perfect for her because they both suck hardcore. Yeah, they're very evil. And they both have the evil lumberjack look down very well. Yeah, they're like in an Abercrombie and Fitch ad, (laughs) which is making me suspicious automatically. 
Yes, do they wear that fancy cologne? <laughs> They're just like wearing too many clothes to truly be in their ad. I know, they have like 18 layers. It's like tank top, long sleeve shirt, flannel, vest. Ugh. They belong in the woods because they're both wearing flannel. Right. Anyway. So, I think next we go to the town square where they're having the memorial and there's like a lady playing a cello because it's a very sad and serious occasion. I know. And then there's like one person with this huge yellow rose. It's very bizarre. Yeah, so they have like one poster that has the pictures of all the people who died instead of like giving them their all their own posters someone made a collage and they wasted the whole budget on the cello player yeah they were like well now we just have to make a collage instead of each person getting their own yeah so there's a lot of people there from this town including fucking jeremy gilbert who we didn't have to suffer through last week but he comes across uncle john gilbert and they're like who can be the biggest douchebag let's see jeremy has like a huge axe to grind with Uncle John, but doesn't bring it up. He doesn't bring up Anna at all in this episode, which I think is weird. Oh, yeah. Does he know that Uncle John killed Anna? I think so. I yeah. think somebody told him they saw him kill Anna. But, but basically, either, regardless, it's weird that he didn't bring it up. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy and Elena both have the biggest reasons to hate Uncle John, aside from like Damon and Seven, who he actively tried to murder. But he murdered Jeremy's girlfriend and tried to murder both of Elena's boyfriends. So it's not a cute situation, but Jeremy's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Is Did you come back for this ring? Because Uncle John says, like, how's that ring been treating you? Like, he's holding it over Jeremy's head that he, like, yeah. gave him his birthright. Yeah. So Jeremy's like, do you want this? Just fucking take it and leave. But That's, like, the only smart decision Jeremy has ever made. I know. I'm like, I hate to be Team Jeremy, but I am in this scene. That's the power of Uncle John. Well, oh, yeah, you're right. When you compare them to one another, like, everything changes. Yeah, it's, like, the only possible way to sympathize with Jeremy. <laughs> if, he's, if he's actively battling Uncle John. Yeah. And Uncle John is like, what kind of man would I be if I took that from you? And like, yourself? Literally the kind of man that would just murder people for no reason. The man who murdered your girlfriend in cold blood, that's who I would be. Uh, Right. So Jeremy keeps his ring for now. Uncle John asks if he wants to go get lunch. And Jeremy's like, fuck you. Yeah, and it's good. And Jeremy's like, listen, we don't need any of this anti-vampire stuff around here anymore. Wah, wah, wah. And Uncle John is like, yeah, I understand. I'm just here to protect Elena. Yeah, he claims that he's, like, not on the anti-vampire beat anymore. I'm like, that's a pretty quick turnaround. I know. He just tried to kill every vampire. That was his whole jam. Yeah. We don't know what season it is because Caroline was wearing another small scarf in this episode. So who the (laughs) fuck knows? And the memorial service was outside. But we don't know how much time has passed, but not enough for Uncle John to have accepted vampires into his life philosophy. No. And something else really small happens here, but I enjoyed it. Uncle John runs up to Mayor Carol Lockwood, and he's like, (laughs) oh, hello, Mayor. How are you? How is the Founders Council? And she's like, oh, you know, Damon's running the council now. You should ask him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she's very, very busy running this memorial service. She doesn't have time she's to chat about the She doesn't Council. have time for pieces of shit like John. She eats pieces of shit like John for <laughs> breakfast. Did you see that Shooter McGavin got arrested? No. And he tried to get out of his DUI by telling the cop that he was Shooter McGavin. Oh my God. <laughs> is that not the most Shooter McGavin thing you've ever it heard? It so is. 
I like in my life, like worldview, I uh-huh. did not accept that like that actor would still exist in this plane. Yes, he's here and he's getting arrested and he's trying his to use Shooter McGavin as an excuse to <laughs> to not get arrested. Wow. But the cop arrested him anyway, which makes the story even better. Yeah. And it's like, usually that would be enough to make me want to, like, dance on his grave. But I'm like, did he rape anybody? (laughs) That's the new standard. (laughs) Just today we found out that... um, Oh, no, I haven't been online today. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to ruin your days. No, who is it? It's not anyone that I know by name. um, But it was someone very important in the New York City ballet. And then also someone very important in the New York, like, symphony orchestra or someone who sexually abused... Leave music alone! Who sexually abused, like, three 15-year-olds and had a residency at Ravinia and, like, brought them to his hotel, like, in Highland Park and shit. God damn it. I know. Every day, another rapist comes to light... Well, at least we're getting closer and closer to banning men. It's true. But literally now it's like, I mean, we know that it's pervasive and it's not just isolated to certain industries, but now like the high arts are being pulled into it, (laughs) right? I thought we were classier than this as a race. (laughs) Sorry. I don't, I didn't mean it like that. I just, I don't know. It's just like shocking to me every single time. Or no, it's not shocking. It's just like grinding me down. Another one bites the dust. Ooh. Anyway, the Vampire Diaries. Yes. And then we see another man pop up, and it's Dr. Martin, a.k.a. Jonas. Yeah. Or Jonah. Jonas. Jonas with an S? I believe so. Okay, cool. Because I keep on wanting to sing my name is Jonas whenever we talk about him. Ah. So he has accosted Bonnie, who we also didn't see last week, and her hair is looking great in this episode. Yes. I noticed. So she must be good right now. (laughs) Yeah. Because her quality of character is always equivalent to the quality of her hair, uh, as in real life with everybody. He kind of comes up to her and she's like, I thought I could trust you, but you and Luca betrayed me. I'm like, excuse me, you totally betrayed Luca before he ever did anything to you. Yes. Like, you guys are even. Yeah, at least. Jonas is like, I know you don't believe me, but, you know, we're on the same side. We work for Elijah, and he is a man of his word. You can trust him. And this keeps coming up in this episode. Like, everybody is really skeptical of Elijah and whether he's going to keep his deal with Elena. Mm -hmm. Jonas insists that he's a man of his word. So Bonnie is just like, fuck that. I don't believe you. Don't try to pull any witch solidarity bullshit with me. But he says, I'm looking out for you, too. So in the middle of this conversation, Jeremy sees Bonnie and makes a weird boner face. And then he runs up to her and like, he's like to Dr. Uh, Martin, is there a problem here? And then he pulls Bonnie towards him and like puts his arm around her in a super aggressive way. And you can tell that she's not really into it. She's like shrugging away a little bit as they're walking away. Yeah, but she's also glad to have an excuse to escape from Jonas. Yeah, I guess if the choice is like between a known enemy and Jeremy Gilbert... I don't know what I'd pick. Yeah. I mean, if I was in Bonnie's shoes and I really felt that way about Jonas, I would allow Jeremy to put his disgusting arm around me for 20 seconds tops. Jeremy's just doing his stupid, like, I'm a macho man and I'll protect you from this (laughs) all-powerful warlock. I know, as if he even stands a chance against Dr. Martin. Yeah. Good lord. I don't even like Dr. Martin, but, like, use all your magic powers on Jeremy right now. (laughs) 
Oh, boy. So then this funeral party moves into the Mystic Grill. I know. They have, like, the poster of the girl with <laughs> they all these flowers and They moved the poster in. Uh, you know they didn't have the budget for two posters, so yeah. somebody just pulled that shit into the grill. And, <laughs> and Jenna and Alaric are having, like, a very nice lunch together. Yeah. We've posted this on our Instagram already, so if you haven't already seen it, please watch it because it's the best. It's, like, one of my favorite things is very complicated plots spanning entire seasons of shows being distilled into one sentence. I enjoy doing it myself, especially with shows like this, but I also really enjoy when the shows do my work for me. Absolutely. Aunt Jenna says to Alaric, because they're having lunch, I can't believe it. Elena is my sister's husband's brother's daughter, and her mother is my boyfriend's deceased wife. Oh my god. (laughs) It's so much. Describing how Alaric is related to everybody is my favorite thing. Uh, And it gets even better as the seasons progress. Wow. I'm nervous for what other, like, family tree we're going to find here. Yeah. And it's like, that is exactly accurate. And you should be, like, mind blown about this, Aunt Jenna. But you have so much other stuff to learn. That's the least of your worries. Alaric's trying to be, like, sympathetic to her. And she says, how is it even possible to keep a secret like that? And Alaric is keeping so many secrets, so he's just like, I know. He's pleading the fifth. But then, luckily, Uncle John Gilbert comes in and interrupts their lunch. Yeah, and he's like, do you mind if I join you? And then Jenna's like, um, yeah. And then, does he anyway? Mm-hmm. What the he's hell? He's like, well, I may as well. What else am I going to do? Yeah, he has no friends or loved ones. Yeah. So, he sits down with them, and then uh, Damon comes into the grill with Elena, and she's like, don't do anything stupid. Keep it together, Damon. Be the better man. And he says, stupid so much more fun. I know. And I, I am with Damon at this point. Totes. Do something stupid, please. Please kill Uncle John and take him out of our lives. He's been doing stupid things and continues to do stupid things. So if he has to do something stupid, it should involve Uncle John Gilbert. A hundred percent. Zeppelin is like, John, great to see you. How you been? Oh my God. And I think we cut away for a second then to uh, Stefan talking to Tyler. Oh, yeah, that's still happening. Yeah, so we haven't really seen this since he was choking him. But Stefan is basically like, listen, whatever else is going on, like, Caroline is your friend, so you should stop being a dick to her. And, like, you tell him, Stefan. The only time I like and support Stefan is when he is, like, doing anything to help Caroline. Yeah, that's a good point. But Tyler's really skeptical. He's like, she lied to me. And he's just being a little, a little bitch about it. I think the exact quote is, she's your friend, stop being a dick. <laughs> Which People goes People call down. each other dicks so much on the show, and it's like, did they determine that that's the harshest swear word they were allowed to use, like, with impunity? So that's just what they're going to use for everybody? Probably. I so, support it. Me too. It so, reminds me, I've been watching American Vandal. Have you watched that? Oh my god. I've watched the first couple episodes. It's hilarious. It but I just, like, everybody keeps saying, like, who did the dicks? Like, did the dicks is, like, <laughs> the phrase. So every time I hear a dick now, I think of that. Who did the dicks? <laughs> I endorse American Vandal. It's a good show. It is good. Mike. T- so me and Mike were watching it, and he's like, you need to watch the show. And I'm like, I can't watch a show about drawing dicks. I'm too highbrow. <laughs> he's like, no, you're really going to like it. I was like, all right, fine. I'll watch one episode. And then you live in the gypsy hut. You're not too highbrow for drawing dicks. I know, but I like to pretend. But it is seriously hilarious. One of my favorite moments at the gypsy hut was when we were having like a board game party. And at some point, our roommate, Asia, uh, 
drew a bunch of really artful portraits of dicks, like, in many situations. Oh, and it was called yeah. the Schlong Gallery. Oh, I forgot about the Schlong Gallery. Oh, what a good oh, time yeah. to be alive. If only Asia didn't have 12 jobs, we should, we could get her to guess on the show. We should. Anyway, dicks. Stefan tells Tyler to stop being a dick, and while Stefan is giving Tyler this whole speech, he is calling Jules on mm. the lowdown on his cell phone behind his back. And we cut to Jules real quick, and she... Or wait, is she calling him? I think, yeah, Tyler's phone rings, and he goes to answer it. And I think he picks up for a second, but then Stefan zooms and grabs it and hangs up. Okay, right. And he's like, whose number is this? And then we see Jules being like, we have a problem because Tyler picked up the phone and hung up real quick. Yeah. Like, maybe he just doesn't want to talk to you because you suck. Yeah, and because you're being super weird. Yeah, but now they're in full, like, Tyler's in danger mode. And then I think we go back to the grill where John and Damon are now standing, like, by the memorial. And Uncle John is, like, lighting a candle on the altar to the victim. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. And they're talking about, you know, who can trust who, and John's like, well, I know that Elijah can compel a vampire, because that's why Catherine's in the tomb, so how can I trust you? And Damon reveals that both he and Stefan are doing the vervain diet, so they're both doing the iocane powder thing that Catherine taught them. Mm -hmm. So they can't be compelled by Elijah. They start, you know, doing their macho thing where they're talking about how they'll kill each other. But they both really just want to protect Elena. At this point, like, Damon gets really close and is, like, whispering sexy secrets in Uncle John's ear. He's like, I'll kill you in your sleep after I fuck you. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) you better start talking about Klaus. Yeah, so they're dancing around each other a little bit, but they're establishing that really all they both want in this world is to protect Elena. Because everybody in this world wants to protect Elena. And it's like, if there was somebody in my life who was as stupid as Elena, but who was, like, nice to me, I would probably want to protect her, too. So I kind of get it. But not, like, at the expense of everything else. No, not with this level of fervor. Like, girlfriend is getting herself into many of these traps. Remember when she called the people on Craigslist to just carry her away? (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for coming. It's like, maybe if she wants to die that much, like, I don't endorse suicide. But at a certain point, like, you just gotta let somebody... Enter the Darwin Awards. Uh, well, Elena would lose unless she has literally six people protecting her at all times, apparently. Which she does. And I think there's a point later where she makes that comment. Like, somebody says they want to protect her, and she's like, join the club. Yes, she does. She like, does. Like, all bitterly, like, how dare you all want to protect me? <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to get myself killed here. Uh, Back off. Can a girl die, like, without all this bullshit? Nope. It's not her prerogative. Nope. While Uncle John and Damon are doing this horrible dance, um, we cut away to Matt and Caroline. Mm. Um, so he just Matt's, like accosts her on the street. Yeah, so Matt's like walking into the grill kind of, and he sees Caroline, and he's like, Caroline, Caroline, I can tell, like, you've been avoiding me a little. We need to kind of have a conversation about what's going on. Could we, like, talk later? And Caroline is like, yeah, like, that would be cool. Um, how about I swing by the grill after your shift? Yeah. And Matt's like, oh, okay. Now, Matt is actually being kind of nice in this scene. Like, usually He doesn't when, actively insult her. Yeah, when he talks to Caroline, he usually has, like, a mean twinkle in his eye. But in this scene, he has, like, the I love Caroline twinkle in his eye. Mm-hmm. And he really just wants to talk to her, which we know must be a setup for something horrible down the line. 
<laughs> but they yeah. make plans to talk later when his shift ends, and she goes to her car, and fucking Jules comes up out of nowhere, and is like, where's Tyler? And Caroline legitimately doesn't know where Tyler is right now, so she's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then Jules maces her in the face with a ravine. Yeah, it brings it from, like, zero to a hundred. Yeah. Jules has no chill at all. She doesn't. And then she shoots her in the head with a wooden bullet. But it's Brady standing behind Jules. So oh, yeah. Sorry. It's like the one-two punch. Yes. <laughs> I mean, not that it really matters. Yeah. And so they take Caroline away because they've decided this is the best way to get at Tyler. Oh, my God. It was so horrible. Caroline's, like, my favorite character. I know. She's so awesome. And, like, she legitimately is the only one who's been, like, caring about Tyler and trying to help him. Nobody else gives a fuck about Tyler. I know. They could have kidnapped literally anyone else. Damon actively wants to kill him, and nobody else really cares that much what happens to him because he's been a dick. Mm-hmm. But Caroline is the only one who gives a fuck. So then we cut to the RV <laughs> um, where Caroline has been locked up in a straight up cage yep. and she's kind of sitting there writhing in pain and we see her reach up to the to her forehead and she actually digs the wooden bullet out of her head yeah Ugh. it's so, so gross it is so gross and we pan out a little bit and see that Brady is just sitting there right out of the cage and he's like whoa you just like took that bullet out of your head. Don't worry, I have a lot more. You're in for a long night, sweet pea. I have a lot of toys. Oh, yeah. Ew. And, like, are all werewolves sociopaths? Like, is that a thing? It seems like it. I Mason have... seemed okay. Yeah, Mason seemed fine until, yeah. like, he got into it with the Salvatores, which describes probably many human beings. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I don't know, Jules and Brady are... Too much. They're very extra about everything. <laughs> yes, that's the best way to describe it. I guess we can't judge all werewolves by Jules and Brady because they're the worst. But yeah, he's like really excited to torture her. And at this point, uh, Jules makes a call to Stefan, who's still sitting with Tyler and trying to convince him like, this is my home. I just want to like be here and be peaceful. And like, I know you want that too. We can all get what we want. It's just you need to stick here and, like, be nice to us. But then he picks up a call that seems like it's coming from Caroline, but it's Jules. And she's like, you got to bring Tyler to the clearing by Wickery Falls in 20 minutes or your vampire friend Caroline is dead. Oh, my God. So we've heard about Wickery Bridge before. Uh, that's where Elena's parents died. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah, so... <laughs> The name Wickery seems really silly. It's like the furniture is kind of wickery. It's not <laughs> quite li- wicker, but I literally wrote hickory in my notes because oh. I didn't think wickery was a real thing. Yeah, we hear more about wickery later. Apparently, some of the falls and Mystic Falls are wickery. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler's just kind of listening to this phone call. Only Stefan's in, but Stefan's like, "If you hurt her again, I'll kill you." And Jules is like, "Next time I hurt her, she's dead." Yikes. And I'm like, this is the point where Tyler should be like, fuck, maybe I'm on the wrong side. But he's just like, what? 
Yeah, he literally has no reaction. So Stefan needs to kind of pause this tete-a-tete and go and take care of business. So before we see what happens in that storyline, we navigate back over to everybody's favorite restaurant, the Mystic Grill. God, I could really go for like a Mystic Grill cheeseburger right now. Oh, I could too. I'm kind of hungry now. And some tequila shots. I yes. don't need them, but I, could, I would drink them. Me too. We should just go out for tequila shots after this. It's only Monday. Um, so Damon's been there for a while, uh, crashing the memorial ceremony. Um, so he's, he's partially responsible for. Right? Uh, he's there to pay his respects to poor Jessica. So he's at the bar, and Jenna comes up to him leading another woman, and she's like, hey, Damon, meet my friend. My friend, this is Damon. And it's actually the news anchor from earlier in the episode when she was talking about all of the deaths. She replaced Logan Fell. Yes, right. Um, and she's like, hey, Damon, can I buy you a drink? And he's like, Sorry, it's full. And then he gets up and goes over and talks to Elena. Her name is Andy Starr. Okay. I'm like, is that her real last name? No, that's definitely a (laughs) stage name. And I'm sure it has two R's. But I'm like, hey, she just like straight up saw a hot piece of ass and and knew she had a friend in common and was like, introduce me because I want to get that. I respect that. I do too. She's already a thousand times better than Logan Fell. Yes. And Elena is like, Damon, you didn't have to be rude to her. And he's like, I am keeping myself away from all women. It's in the best interests of women everywhere, which is accurate and a great self-own. Yes. Um, truer words have never been spoken. Yeah. Like, Damon, just extricate yourself from the entire like planet right now until you get your shit together. Yes, please. And then... Damon and Elena go to the bathroom together. Yeah. Like, like is this the men's room or the ladies' room? I think because Stefan comes in there later, too. Or no, Uncle, Uncle John. Uncle John does. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's the men's room. Maybe they're really progressive and have unisex bathrooms at the Mystic Grill. Maybe, but probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Damon and Elena are having a conversation because I think that Stefan has called Damon to tell him about the whole werewolf kidnapping of mm. Caroline. Okay. And um, Damon is like, all right, I'll take care of it. I'm going to kill Tyler. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Elena's like, don't kill Tyler. Be the better man. And he's like, listen, Tyler's a werewolf. He needs to be killed. I'm a vampire. I want to kill someone. It works out. So Elena always wants to save everybody, even if they don't need to be saved. So she's like the second person who like cares if Tyler lives or dies. Uh, Uncle John comes in and Damon's like, listen, I'm going to go take care of this situation. Uncle John, you are now on Stop Elena from joining me patrol. Yeah, he's like, ground your daughter. Yeah. Oh, and that's so gross. It's like, physically, Uncle John Gilbert is older than Damon, but... Like, actually, time-wise, Damon is, like, 100-plus years older than Uncle John. And he's mm-hmm. like, ground your daughter, who I want to fuck, even though I could be your great-great-great-grandfather. I know. It's very disturbing. Uncle John blocks her from leaving. I'm like, two douchebags. I know. Are now teaming up to prevent Elena from making her own decisions. Of course, granted, Elena should not insert herself into this war between va- uh, whoa, vampires and werewolves. She has enough going on. Yeah. That's for damn sure. But, you know, she wants to help. So after we deal with that horrible meetup, 
We navigate back to the RV where Caroline is still in that cage and she's continued to be tortured. So in the last scene, I think Brady had shot her a few times. Mm -hmm. um, He shot her right in the boob at one point. Yes. I was like, oh my God, I think it hurts when my heavy cat steps on my boob while I'm (laughs) sleeping. I can't even imagine what it feels like when you have a fucking wooden pellet shot at your boob. Oh my god, on Thanksgiving, my aunt and uncle's dog, they have this dog that's like part golden retriever, part greyhound, Whoa. and she always likes to jump up on people, and she jumped up and her, her paw is directly on my boobs, Oh no! which are still a little bit tender from surgery. Yeah, I'm but sorry. But she's also dying from cancer, so I was like, you jump on me if you want, Ivy, it's fine. Oh, the poor angel. Hopefully she'll make it to Christmas. Sorry, this is a Debbie Downer moment. It's okay. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. It's not my dog. I also don't <laughs> oh care for God. dogs. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so speaking of Debbie Downer, uh, Caroline is still in the cage. Now Brady has taken to shooting her with a squirt gun full of vervain water. Oh, my God. It was just a sadist. Up. Yeah. This supposed to be on, like, the feud between vampires and werewolves, and this is, like, I actively enjoy torturing people. Yeah, this was, like, this was beyond. It was horrible. Like, even Jules is like, this is a bit much. Yeah, and Caroline's crying, and she's like, why are you doing this to me? Like, please let me out. Please let me out. And he's just, like, shooting her and squirting with her with vervain. So then he takes a bunch of wooden sticks. Yeah, like, a bunch of, like, shards of wood. Yes, and he uses, like, a little mouth dart gun. Yeah, like like, a blowgun. Yeah, he uses a blowgun to inject them into Caroline's neck. Yeah. It reminded me of In Jungle to Jungle, like, Mimi Yes! Mimi Siku's like... That's also my reference point for blow guns. <laughs> yes. I, oh my God, Jungle to Jungle. I need to watch that and see if it holds up. I just watched it like last year. It was on ABC Family or something. There's like a genre of movies from that era. It's like Jungle to Jungle, Man of the House. Yes. Things like that. George of the Jungle is probably my favorite from that era. I haven't watched George of the Jungle in a long time. Jungle to it. Jungle was like really culturally insensitive. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But George of the Jungle, they didn't say he was of any kind of actual jungle society okay he was a white baby who was raised by gorillas oh yeah so it's okay and leslie mann is his girlfriend and thomas hayden church is uh their nemesis oh wow yeah. i had yeah i know i watched it once when i was like really little but i don't remember i think it holds up that's good anyway oh, we'll have to watch it sometime many jungle movies so yes blow things what are they called blow darts of vervain yeah so he's torturing her, and she's like, what the fuck? And meanwhile, back at the grill, Elena's arguing with Uncle John about whether she should go to this party or not. And he's like, I don't believe in this pact that you made with Elijah. I don't buy it. And, you know, I'm your father. I'm going to protect you. And Elena says, you may be my father, but I'm never going to be your daughter. Oh, yes. Burn! Yeah, burr, Uncle John. And it's true. Like, just because, again, to make a gross comment, just because he just and her mom does not mean that he is her father. He's just some guy who tried to murder her boyfriends. Yeah, that's true. And her future sister-in-law. Fuck him. I know. It ain't right. So, Stefan ends up rolling up to the woods with Tyler in tow. And he goes up to Jules and is like, all right, give me Caroline back and I'll give you Tyler. But he's, like, not restraining Tyler very actively. He's just, like, holding his hand. 
I know. And they have this whole, like, we are mortal enemies talk. And Stefan's trying to, like, de-escalate the situation, but then Damon shows up. Yeah, he's like, oh, I see my brother, the peacemaker, is here, but I'm here for a different reason. And Jules is like, again, let go of Tyler and we'll give you Caroline. And they're like, no, we're going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. And then Jules, like, does some sort of wolf call. And all of a sudden, multiple werewolves start coming out of the woods. And they have hella weapons. They do. One of them has a propane tank and, like, a flamethrower. Yeah. It's crazy. Their stakes are plenty. It's very much... Very much stakes, the Beth Kozlowska story. Uh-huh. Very many stakes. Yeah, so like at first, Stefan and Damon were like, oh, we can totally take these two werewolf fucks. Mm-hmm. But now there's like like six to eight werewolves. For sure. So it's a little bit closer, because even though it's not the full moon, they still have a little bit extra strength, and they have many weapons. Right. So it could be a, a close match. So at this point, Stefan is like, oh shit, and he hands over Tyler to Jules, mm-hmm. and she's like, get him. And then... Damon and Stefan have some sort of quick back and forth. Like, do you think we could take him? And Stefan's like, no. And Damon's like, well, we got to try. Yeah. And then all hell breaks loose. And there's this giant battle. There's a flamethrower. Stefan is like catching wooden stakes with his hands. My favorite part is the dude with the flamethrower. Immediately, <laughs> Stefan zooms behind him and grabs him and starts aim- like shaking him back and forth. So the flames go at the werewolf. <laughs> I know. So in the middle of the mayhem, Tyler goes into the RV and sees Caroline in the cage. And immediately she's like, oh, my God, Tyler, there's like a latch here that I can't reach. Can you get it? And he just stands there like, I don't know if I'm going to help you or not. Yeah, it's like a good 15 seconds that he's standing there. He's like, oh. like, he's thinking about it. Oh, my God. Eventually, to his credit, he does let her out. But it takes him a while. I know. And she, well, they both <laughs> go out into the melee. And many werewolves are now dying. Like, Damon rips a heart out of one of them. Stefan, like, catches a stake from a crossbow and throws it into one of their necks. But then Jules kind of gets the upper hand somehow. And it's looking bad for Stefan and Damon. And Brady, I think, has Damon pinned down as on the verge of staking him. When suddenly, the werewolves are all feeling a little bad in the head. Yes, so it seems like they're getting a horrible headache, which we know that, like, Bonnie could do from the past episodes, and it's kind of a similar reaction. Like, are they having a million aneurysms? Yeah, but the weird thing is that it's not everyone. So the people, everyone's having it except for Stefan, Damon, Caroline, and Tyler. So it's not a vampire thing. It's not a werewolf thing. It's just affecting some people, but not others. Yeah. And who should emerge out of the woods but Dr. Jonas Martin? Oh, my God. So he's like, hello, everyone. (laughs) Um, I made a promise or Elijah made a promise to Elena that she that he would protect her friends. Uh, So I'm here to make sure that this promise is being upheld. And he turns to Tyler and he's like, listen, when your werewolf friends awaken, tell them to get out of this damn town. Oh, shit. Message sent. And I'm like, hell yeah, Elijah. Way to keep your word, girl. (laughs) And he also tells Stefan and Damon and Caroline to run, like, to get out of there. And they just kind of, like, shuffle off. And I'm like, zoom the fuck away from this shit show. Like, I know. Get out of here. Yeah, that was very weird. They were just doing it for dramatic effect. And at this point, I started wondering, does Tyler know about Bonnie? 
Because he seems very surprised by the whole situation. I'm like, does he even know about the witch element of this whole tale? He doesn't. He just learned about the vampires. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to have one last revelation, I guess, but he probably doesn't care because Tyler and Bonnie never interact. True. Uh, So at this point, Stefan walks Caroline home and he's like, hey, you know, are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. He's like, hey, anybody would be upset after going through what you did. Mm-hmm. That's an understatement. She was, like, repeatedly shot at least once in the head, tortured. Her friend, like, failed to do anything. There was one point where Jules, like, pinned Caroline against the RV, and Tyler came out and was just oh, staring yeah. at her, and he did nothing. Yeah, she was about to kill Caroline, and he Tyler was, like, was just staring, staring at him. She yeah. was staring at him, like, please help me, and he was just like, Whoa. Yeah, he's just standing there with his dick in his hands. <sighs> so she tells him that she's not just little girly Caroline anymore, which... It's a problematic statement. There's nothing wrong with being girly. But her point is that she can take care of herself. And he's like, okay, if you say so. And she says she's going to go shower. Whatever. And meanwhile, her face looks really clean. I'm like, where's all that blood from, like, your head bullet wound? I think it was still there, but it, like, wasn't bloody. It was just, like, a tiny hole. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she had a wet wipe. Yeah, she probably did. I would if, it, like, Caroline is very prepared. She probably has a wet wipe in her purse. Yeah, she's like the kind of lady who has time to go. <laughs> then we see that Uncle John has popped up over at the Salvatore's house, and he Ugh. knocks on the door, and he's like, Hey, Damon, we didn't finish our conversation. And Damon's like, All right, I'll bite. What's up, Uncle John? And he's like, I've come bearing great gifts. <laughs> and then he opens this weird ass cloth contraption and there's like this giant tool in it. He's like, listen, I know how to kill the originals. This is a dart and a, a bottle, dagger. a dagger <laughs> with some ash from the white oak tree, which has something to do with the original's origin stories. Mm-hmm. And if they were to be hit with this dagger, they would die. And the reason that Uncle John knows this is from Isabel's research. Yeah. So it's like if they dip the dagger in the white oak ash, they can kill an original. Damon's like, okay, cool. Get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. So we don't know if that's true at this point, but I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah, because he was lying about... Personally, I know it'll come back. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I imagine so. But it wouldn't be the first time that Uncle John made something up. Yeah. Because wasn't he in on the idea that the device was deactivated? I don't know. I feel like that was an all Bonnie jam. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. But he is not trustworthy in general. So we go back to Caroline, who is, like, sitting in front of her mirror and pulling individual wind splinters out of her neck. Ugh. Because, like, vampires are susceptible to wood. Like, if they get staked with wood, they die. But if they get, like, hit with a wooden bullet, it doesn't heal properly. If they have wood put in them... It doesn't heal properly, so she has to take it out herself. It's very sad. And then her phone rings, and it's Matt. And he's like, hey, what what's going on? Because they were supposed to meet. And mm-hmm. she's like, fuck. I for-, like, she realizes she forgot in all the like being tortured. So she makes up a story that she had to help out Bonnie. And he's like, oh, are you with her now? And she's like, yeah, and we'll- we can talk tomorrow. But then Matt looks over. He's at work, and Bonnie is there with 
fucking Jeremy. Ugh, and they're like laughing and having a good time. It was so horrible. It's like, where have Bonnie and Jeremy been in this whole situation? Like, did they know about Caroline getting kidnapped? Like, they're just living it up at the Mystic Grill while all people are like getting tortured and crossbowed and shit. I know. Well, hopefully everyone came to their senses and stopped telling Jeremy about shit because he keeps yeah. intruding and like trying to he take over and getting himself like, hurt. would have stolen something and tried to take on the werewolves themselves. He would have like eaten all of the white, white oak ash or something. No, I am a super vampire yeah. hunter. No, I'm an original. Oh my god. That's not how this works, Jeremy. <laughs> so she feels really bad but she can't obviously tell him the truth so she makes up a story and unfortunately it's clearly falls to him so he's like okay yeah caroline we'll talk later so we just know next episode matt's gonna be a huge dick to caroline yeah so sad and then her doorbell rings and who the fuck is it it's tyler go away give her a day yeah and he's like caroline are you okay um excuse me no i just got fucking tortured i'm alive no thanks to you asshole yeah he's like i had no idea they'd come to you i didn't know what to do blah 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 and she's like listen motherfucker it's too late i was your friend you just stood there while they attacked me and he's like i just didn't know and she's like no you get the hell out of my house this will never happen to me again yeah She's like, you help your friends. That's what you do. Yeah. And she told she's him. she's accurate. And she throws him out where he belongs. Yeah. He fuck was you, sympathetic Tyler. for the last few episodes, but right now I'm like, go and fuck yourself heartily. And speaking of people who need to go and fuck themselves, Elena's back at home and she's like in the fridge. So of course, when she closes the door, somebody's there. This time, unfortunately, it's Funkle John. Boo. And he's like totally creeping. And he's trying really hard in this scene to convince everybody that he's a sympathetic character. And it's really creepy. It is, yeah. So he's like, listen, Elena, I am here because I want to protect you. And we're all like, okay, we get it. How many times do you have to say this? And he's like, I brought something for you. You know, I know that I'm your father, but your real parents were Miranda and Grayson. So he's talking about Elena's parents who raised her, her real parents. He gives her this charm bracelet and is like, this was your mother's. And she's like, oh, Isabel's? Oh, yeah. No, Miranda, your real mother. I'm like, all of this is true, but we have like no reason to trust Uncle John. So you have to assume he's manipulating her. But like, if he was being sincere, this is kind of a touching scene. Like, he says, I understand I'm nobody to you. Like, your real parents were Grayson and Miranda, but, you know, I just want to protect you. I thought you should have this. Yeah, he's like, when you lost your parents, I lost my brother and I lost my family. But we all know he was an asshole before all of this from Aunt Jenna. Yeah. And the fact that everybody in town despises him. (laughs) Exactly. And Elena actually starts crying during this scene when, when he's talking about her parents. Yeah. And he kind of leaves, and Elena looks into the living room, and of course Stefan's there. He Just, like, knocks. standing there, yeah. <laughs> and she goes up to him, and they hug, and she's like, I don't believe him, Stefan, I just don't believe him. And he doesn't say anything to his credit, even though he clearly, like, brought Uncle John here in the first place. Right. And Uncle John should be taken away by these police right now. He totally should. And but Stefan. They all should. Stefan was okay in this episode, but he should probably go to jail. He should. But we're not that lucky, and we know that these characters live to see another day. And then Elena asks Stefan, 
how's Caroline doing? And Stefan's like, I could use your help. Cut away from that for a second uh, and go back to Tyler, who goes to the RV in the woods. And apparently only Jules and Brady survived. And, like, I thought they all just got aneurysms. Maybe they're, maybe they're still sleeping. I think there was, like, one other guy in there, maybe. Yeah. But Tyler's basically like, is it always like this? Like, fucked up battles and shit? And they're like, no, it's usually different. We're just in vampire world. And so Tyler has basically come to join them. Yeah, that's the vibe. And I mean, he's been rejected by everybody else, rightfully so. So he's going to join his gang of werewolves. Yeah, it's still disappointing to see. And they start talking about, like, why was Mason here? Like, I know his brother died, but why did he stick around? And Tyler is like, oh, because of the Moonstone. Yeah. And Brady's like, what? So apparently they know about the Moonstone, too. And they're like, so where is it now? And Jules gets a very interested look on her face. Yeah. Uh, But Tyler doesn't know where it is. I think Elijah has it right now. Yes, Um, he does, because Luca stole it when they pretended... When he pretended to destroy it with Bonnie. Or like, Luca maybe has it, but it's in Elijah's purview. So they're very interested now. So they've been told to leave town, but maybe they won't because they want the moonstone. We'll have to wait and find out. And then we have kind of a reprieve from all of this evilness going on. Um, and Stefan arrives back at Caroline's house and he knocks on her door. And Caroline is like, can I just get a fucking moment of rest after I've been tortured for the past 20 hours? But she doesn't really say that. She kind of gives Stefan a half smile and goes over and opens the door. And he's like, and she was like, I told you I was okay. Like, I don't need anything. And he's like, don't worry. Like, I brought some backups to help make you feel better. And then Elena and Bonnie come out of the car or whatever. And they're like, we're going to have a slumber party. It's been so long since we've done this together. And then they have a group hug. And they're all smiley and happy. And I got so emotional in this scene. I'm I like, did this too. is exactly what Caroline needs. And she starts kind of crying. Yeah. Did I say Catherine? No, I think you said Caroline. Okay. I we knew what I, you meant, though. I hope I said Caroline. I think you, I, I really I think you did. <laughs> but Elena, of course, has to ruin it by making eye contact with Stefan and mouthing, I love you. And I know. And I love you back. I'm like, this is not about you right now. Ugh. Go away, Stefan. You did your job. You know, he just did this so he could feel good about himself. Yeah. And it's like, why did Stefan even need to be here? He could have just been like, hey, Elena, Bonnie, go over to Caroline's. Because but it had, had to, like, to be him. Say, this is my gift to you, your friend. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I, I mean, it was sweet, but it was also very stuff in the way he, that he did it. It was. It couldn't, yeah, it couldn't be just a thing. It had to be his thing. But I was really happy that Caroline had her two friends. Like, things have been a little bit dicey with Bonnie, but Bonnie just hugs her and is, like, there for her, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, and it was a nice moment to see them just be, like, regular kids and yeah. have a slumber party instead of dealing with all of the supernatural bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. And at this point, I'm like, this episode has to be over right now, right? But it's not. We still have, I think, two scenes left. It keeps going to something not so nice. And we both kind of, like, gagged when the next scene came up because it's uh, Damon in a bath with Andy Starr, a news reporter. (laughs) I know. And he's, like, making out with her in the tub, and there's bubbles everywhere, and he's sipping red wine. And she's like, "I, I was so surprised when you called me. He's like, I like a woman who knows what she wants. Ugh, I know. I mean, not that that's gross, but just that Damon. Damon. Yeah. <laughs> and they only have one glass of wine and they keep on passing it back and forth. I'm like, I know you have like a lot of fine china and like crystal wine glasses. Like, 
get two glasses. I know. There's a lot of things I'll share, but alcohol is not one of them. I know, right? So they're in the bath, they're getting sexy, drinking one glass of wine, and Damon starts going on one of his other monologues, like, I've had this problem that's really been weighing on me. And she's like, tell me about it, stud. Yeah, and he's like, I'm in love with a woman I can never have. Because she's not a woman. (laughs) Right. She's not a girl, not yet a woman. Uh, That is the life phase of Elena. (laughs) Um, So Andy Starr is like, oh boy, I sure know how to pick him. All right, start telling me about your problems. And he's like, I'm just not in control. And she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then he just comes right out and says, I kill people. And she gives like a little chuckle. And then he kind of makes a move towards her in the bath. And she starts to kind of freeze up a little bit and her eyes like look scared and then imagine he, being in that situation you're in a sexy bath with someone there like I'm a murderer I know I would there would be shit in that bath that's all I'm saying <laughs> so true I know so then Damon quickly compels her and says don't be scared so then well he says like it's okay you're fine okay yeah so she's like calm about her own personal safety And he gets to continue to monologue at her. Right, yeah. So he's just, like, speaking at her about how, um, like, I can't be who I am. And and she says, why do you kill people? And it's just, like, really sad because she should be fleeing for her life. But because she's compelled, she can't she won't because she's not scared. Damon was compelling Caroline and she's like, are you going to kill me really calmly? Yeah. And, but this time, it's not like with Jessica. He just kind of wants to talk at her and he keeps on saying she'll be his distraction yeah but he's like you know she wants me to be a certain way but i like killing people and i can't be myself and andy is like well maybe this is who you are now love changes people and he just says shut the fuck up and distract me and they start making out yep and it's only like a minute actually it's like 20 seconds of making out before he starts feeding on her Mm -hmm. like really aggressively well not aggressively but she's bleeding a lot yeah but we cut away from that. We don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. And we go to our final scene. We see Catherine in the tomb. Her hair looks exactly the same as last time. She's still in her tight cocktail dress from the Founders Masquerade, yeah. whatever the fuck. And I'm like, we don't know what season it is, but it probably gets cold in there at night. Like, has anybody brought her a blanket in any of those care packages? No, she evil. Or like some flannel pajamas. She kind of hears a disturbance at the tomb entrance and goes to see what it is. And it's Funkel John. Boo. She was expecting Isabel. He's like, I got your message. Like, Isabel's busy, um, but I'm here. And basically the scene is insinuating that he and Isabel and Catherine are working together on something. Yep, because... Catherine is like, I want out of this tomb, John. And he's like, I'm already working on it. Oh, shit. So. Like, how is Funkle John going to, like, undo the compulsion of an original? Like, he's I know. just some douchebag. Yeah, he's a mere mortal. Maybe Isabel, but probably still not. She's a baby vampire. I know. Comparison. Very true. It ain't right. That's the end of the episode. So many things happened. Yeah. And I feel like. 
There were a lot of points where it could have been a really good cliffhanger, but that one was just a, a little bit underwhelming of a moment to un- end the episode on. I think that we were like so caught up on all the other stuff that happened that I would, like couldn't digest one more thing. I was like, wait, Catherine's here? We can't deal with that right now. Like maybe end on Caroline like having a happy sleepover. That would have been nice. <sighs> I know. Or at worst, like Damon drinking from Andy Star. So we don't really know what like everybody's kind of in flux right now. Like. Tyler is with the werewolves, but he maybe kind of feels bad about Caroline. We don't know what's going to happen there. Damon is still doing his am I going to become evil again thing. Mm -hmm. We don't know what Uncle John is up to. So there's a lot kind of up in the air right now. What do you think is going to happen next? I don't know. There's too much going on. I feel like Tyler's going to join the werewolf pack and we're going to see a resurgence of searching for the moonstone. Mm-hmm. I think it'll come out that it's not actually destroyed. I don't know who will be able to tell them that. Everybody but... kind of seems to suspect that it's not destroyed at this point, which is You're nice. right. Yeah, except for Elena. Well, she mentioned last oh, week yeah. that she wasn't sure. You're right. She's just like, hopefully it's destroyed, but yeah. who knows? Bonnie was working on it with some <laughs> rando. Who we now know is in league with Elijah. But Elijah did prove that he is as good as his word in this episode, taking down those werewolves. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what his ultimate plan is, but he at least meant it when he said he would protect her friends. Yeah, he seemed trustworthy to me um, throughout the the season. Yeah. So it was kind of good to see that someone can be trusted, at least for now. Yeah. Like his ultimate plan may be at odds at some points with our heroes mm-hmm. but he seems to at least be a straightforward kind of dude yeah he's not gonna make some shit up not like uncle john Ugh. i hope that he just dies in the next episode <laughs> well we can always live in hope yeah but i guess another thing that i think will happen is that Catherine will get out of the tomb because mm-hmm. isabel and john are presumably working on it yeah. and when she gets out of the tomb i'm really interested to see what happens because when they were locking her up in the tomb she was kind of like i need to be out to protect elena mm-hmm. i don't know if that was just like a last ditch effort to get them to let her out of the tomb or yeah. if there was potentially some truth to it but we already know that elijah's protecting her so i don't know mm-hmm. how much more Catherine can do yeah We'll just have to wait and see. We will. And in the meantime, who you want to punch? There's so many people to punch in this yeah. episode. I kind of wanted to punch everybody in this episode. Yeah. I think if I had to pick someone, it would be Tyler. Mm. I, there's a lot of people I could choose who did worse things, but the look on Caroline's face when Tyler oh. betrayed her and was pretty much leaving her for dead, um, that was really heartbreaking to me, especially since Caroline is a person who is really like giving so much to her friends yeah. and was there for Tyler during his transition and really put herself like at death's door to he be there for him. He killed her easily. Yeah. And he knows that and still doesn't trust her. Like, there's no reason, like, strategically why she would put herself in that position. No, absolutely not. I understand that Tyler is, like, a damaged individual and he has no family and whatnot, but that was just unacceptable to me, and I want to punch him in the face. Who do you want to punch? I mean, I want to punch a lot of people. Yeah. I want to punch Jules. I want to punch Tyler. I want to punch Jeremy, Uncle John. (laughs) But I think I really want to punch Brady. Yeah, that was my second choice. Mm -hmm. Because he's just so over the top like even worse than Jules and he takes so much pleasure in torturing Caroline who literally has done nothing except like not tell Tyler 
about the other vampires. Yeah, she didn't even kill Mason. They've never met, and he's just like, I'm going to squirt you with this gun and shoot you in the head, and it's fun. So, fuck that guy. I'm sad he didn't die in the battle. Uh, He needs to go. And if I had to punch him to make it happen, then that's what I'm going to do. I approve of your decision. So, um, why are men? I mean, keeping on the topic of Brady, it's like... This thing where a man uses the excuse of, like, there's this ancient feud and she's tangentially related to something that, like, messed with my girlfriend to indulge his desire to torture a woman. Yeah. I felt like there were definitely, like, some sexual undertones in that scene. It was, like, he would have used any excuse in the world, like, the slightest provocation to be, like, I'm going to now torture you and take great pleasure in watching you in pain. Yeah. So fuck that. Seriously. And another thing that bothered me, aside from the torture, um, was the fact that he was like, I have a lot of toys, sweet pea. And oh. like the... the Infantilization. Yes. Just using like those terms about what was going to happen to her made it extra using gross and horrible. Using a gendered endearment. Yeah. It was super gross. And then like Uncle John's whole thing of, I need to protect my daughter. Like, I have created this female life. I must make sure she remains untouched. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, in addition to him, just kind of, like, Elena being passed between Damon and Stefan and Uncle John to Damon to Stefan to Uncle John and so on and so on. And she says that, like, she doesn't need more people to protect her, but that doesn't, like, change the mind of anyone who's pretty much controlling her every action in this episode. I don't think we saw Elena in a scene where she wasn't with one of those three. Yeah. Did we? No. Yeah. Even when she went to have the sleepover, Stefan was there, like, delivering her. Yeah. As a tool of his, like, friendship. Mm-hmm. But specifically, Uncle John, like, is withholding information from Elena and being like, you're too stupid and little to understand the plans. Yeah, I'll I'm tell you when you're older. i my male power to, like keep you where you are and impose my rules on you like at least Stefan and Damon are straight with her in this episode about like even if their plans go against hers they're not lying to her about it but yeah it's just like you don't need to know I just need to keep you here that was gross it was really gross and then you gotta talk about Damon we do the fact that he's killed two women this episode and last episode and well we don't know what happens to Andy yet oh okay well He's still fed on her. I feel like by bringing that up, I have to admit that Andy lives. But it doesn't make it any better that he's compelled her not to be afraid of him. Yeah. It's something that he did. I feel like he did to somebody else in season one. Was it like he compelled Caroline to like not worry about that aspect of it and still continue to have sex with her. Yeah. And I think that he did it to like the sorority girls. Like they began to get like freaked out and then he was kind of like, hey, like we're having fun. And then. Yeah. So he's like, like she wanted to sleep with him, but he then gave her more information to make that decision with. Yeah. But then made her not take that into account using his mind control. So it's still rape. Yeah. It's like just instead of kind of tying someone up physically, more or less, he's like binding them mentally. So he can like have the benefit of telling her all his secrets and feelings and have her be like a psychotherapist just using her for, you know, a sounding board and not giving her the choice of being like, you're fucked up and murderous and I don't want to be with you. 
and taking only the parts of her that like are attracted to him and sympathetic to him and like selectively taking parts of her character that he can use and turning off the other ones so that she can just be the tool of whatever he needs her to be right now. Wow, yeah. That's really fucked up. It is really fucked up and I think that you've put it like really eloquently and it's rough shit. Yeah. And like you want to like Damon because Stefan sucks and because he at least like is layered and interesting as a character but the way that he treats some women is really not okay. Yeah, and, like, the fact that he keeps, like, bouncing into, like, a period where he becomes really likable and then reverts back to this, like, horribly aggressive, murderous sexual assaulter. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how many more times I could see this (laughs) and still, like, have a soft spot for Damon. Yeah. Like, he's a more complicated character than Seven, but not to be like, yeah, Stefan, but he at least, you know, has this moral compass where he's gonna, he doesn't want to hurt people. Like, he has fucked up priorities, and he's very possessive and controlling, but ultimately he doesn't want people to die. Mm-hmm. Damon is more self-serving in a lot of ways. This is very true. I mean, he's more straight with, like, who he is and what he wants, but he also is, you know, he kills more people. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, like, because the show wants you to sympathize with both of them, but they both have done a lot of fucked up shit. So I think that's enough of Wireman. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't have the power to talk about it anymore. We've done two episodes in a row. <laughs> now that we've just talked about a rape, yeah. who should have done it? I've been thinking about it, and I really can't think of anyone. Yeah. Let's try to, like, be really creative. Who could have done it, and it wouldn't have been horrifying? Alaric and Aunt Jenna before yeah. they went downstairs and saw Uncle John. And I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm sure they did. There was probably a chunky monkey container hanging out in that room somewhere. Watching. Yeah. <laughs> yep, watching. Oh my god. Um, I wish the news lady could have done it with a different hot man that was in mm-hmm. the Mystic Grill instead of Damon. Yeah, but are there any hot men in Mystic Falls who aren't horrible? Probably not. How about Dr. Jonas <laughs> in no. the Moonstone? I mean, the Moonstone's got us to be in somebody's butt at this point. But <laughs> It's very let's, smooth. Let's say... Jules and Brady should have done it so hard that they didn't notice they were being murdered. Oh, I like that. That's good. They also deserve each other. Yeah. And maybe if they had just been doing it, they wouldn't have had to, like, capture and torture Caroline. That's a good point. They would have been distracted and not as interested in causing someone great harm. Yeah, that's my choice. I don't want them... I hope that neither of them came. Yeah. But I hope they did it. I hope it was really dry and horrible. I hope they had really bad sex. Me too. (laughs) That was hard. Bravo, Claire. I'm proud of you. Oh my god, we got there. We did. So, on a lighter note, uh, how about some Mystic Follows? You can follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries, and we're actually hoping that you guys will help us out, because we were thinking that we love our fans so much, and we want an endearment to call them. Uh, Something like, you know, The Grateful Dead, it has deadheads, people who watch Doctor Who are Whovians. What should our fans be called? And we kind of spitballed a little bit. We came up with a couple of things, but they didn't seem quite right. So we're hoping that you can make suggestions. I think the best one we came up with was uh, drunk grandchildren. Yes. <laughs> a shout out to Bonnie's grandma. Um, you know, we thought of things like Mystic Grillers. Uh, Mystic Followers seems a little too simple. But Jeremy you, Haters. Jer- Jeremy Haters. Uh, which would only work if we were excluding excluding your husband, who loves Jeremy. <laughs> Ew, no, he doesn't. He just doesn't know better. I'm speaking on his behalf. Uh, so yeah, if you have an idea for something that you guys should be called, you should have a say in it. So hit us up. Uh, tweet it at us. You can post it on our Facebook page. Uh, 
However you want to get at us. You can add an Instagram comment on our recent video of Aunt Jenna explaining about how she is related to Elena. <laughs> um, our handle is at the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. Yep. And of course, you could listen to us many places. Uh, we're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. I think we're on another device because my sister told me about an app that she uses to listen to us on Android. Yeah, I think that there are apps that pull from iTunes. So yeah. whatever whatever uh, app you use to listen to podcasts, we're probably accessible there. Hooray. And if you really love us, you can leave a review. And... I apologize. We had a review previous to the last episode that we didn't bring up, and we actually have two new reviews now, so we would love to show you guys out. Yes, we feel so blessed and grateful for your listenership. Yes. So, Bonnie's Drunk Grandma, we love you. We love your name. Yes. Uh, we really appreciate you, and we're glad that you're listening. And Bonnie Strong Grandma said that we are a perfect mix of campy teen show appreciation and feminist critique, which is probably the nicest thing anyone has ever said yes. to me. So That's I'm really like tearing up a little for, bit. So we yes. appreciate you. Yes. Um, and we also want to give a shout out to Lindsay Fowler, who has wrote us um, an equally amazing review. Yes. Thank you, Lindsay Fowler, for contributing to the discussion about how many uncles John you have. Yes, she provides all of the details, and we were just having a great laugh about it, and it is so pleasurable. Yes, so she has one Uncle John, but there are two, like, tangential Uncles John within her, like, in-law family. (laughs) Yes. So we're very pleased to hear that, and we hope that everybody else will get at us. Uh, You know, we ran the poll about how many Uncles John you had. There wasn't a lot of response. So maybe we'll run another one because that's probably the most important thing to come out of this contest, uh, contest, this podcast, <laughs> this podcast is that theory about Uncle John. Yes, Hashtag. I totally agree. How many uncles, John? I thought I was holding it together, not revealing how drunk I am right now until that moment. <laughs> no, you got it. We I drink this. a lot of wine, you guys. I'm not going to apologize. It's good. You had the day off today. You deserve it. I'm yeah. still fending off uh, the second day of my hangover, <laughs> so I am a little bit more sober than usual. Yeah. Um, and I think that maybe I mixed up less characters' names this episode. Fewer. Fewer. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. Sorry, I don't mean to be a Stannis Baratheon about it. Even but. when you're drunk, you have better grammar than I do. <laughs> well, I do edit for a living. There we go. Too much information. Anyway, <laughs> all of you, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that if you have any friends that they don't leave you literally to the wolves. Mozzarella.